This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 354. Hello and welcome. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Great to have your company once again and welcome to you first time listeners. On this week's show, new and faster Wi-Fi is here with the new Wi-Fi 6 standard. Apple has issued a safety recall on its MacBook Pro laptops, and our driver's licenses are going digital. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Powerbeats Pro earphones. We also road test the Ecofax Robotics DBot 710 robotic vacuum, and we also give you the pros and cons of driving an electric car after a year of ownership. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, first up, we're talking Wi-Fi, and not just any old Wi-Fi, but the brand new Wi-Fi 6 This is the latest standard of Wi-Fi you may have seen over the years, 802.11n, 802.11a, b, and c. 802.11ac was the most recent until the new Wi-Fi 6, which is actually 802.11ax. They decided to shorten it to Wi-Fi 6 because it sounds a bit cooler. So Wi-Fi 5 was uh, the previous version, which was 802.11ac. Now, these are just letters and numbers, but what does this mean for you guys, uh, households in Australia, customers that have all these devices connected to their network? Well, the good news is that Wi-Fi 6 is built for the modern household. It, It can cope with the increasing number of connected devices that we have on our network, but also, not just that, but also cope with the greater demand on our bandwidth. Now, recall the time when you first signed up to Netflix and then discovered your internet is rubbish. Your Wi-Fi was rubbish. You had to do something about that. I call that the Netflix factor because it really focused people on the quality of their Wi-Fi. So they, they had to do something about it. And by that, I mean they maybe had to buy a new router. They had to improve the signal across, the, across their home. In fact, that question... How do I improve my Wi-Fi? I can't get Wi-Fi here, can't get Wi-Fi there. That is probably the number one question I'm asked uh, through Tech Guide on the radio, uh, emails. That is such a popular question. And finally, I think this is the sort of product that's going to help solve everyone's problems. That and mesh mesh Wi-Fi systems as well. Uh, our sponsors, Netgear, have their Orbi mesh system, but there's also the Velop system. There's Google Wi-Fi countless others that have their own mesh Wi-Fi networks, and that's also improved uh, the systems as well. Mesh Wi-Fi 6 mesh systems are also coming later this year, but routers have now finally got the new Wi-Fi 6 standard. And in fact, Netgear, who are our sponsors, they, uh, they've released three Wi-Fi 6 routers uh, in their lineup. That's the Nighthawk AX4, the Nighthawk AX8, and the Nighthawk AX12. Now, the AX and the number after it, that is the number of streams that it can handle simultaneously. We're talking up to 8K quality streams here. So that, that, that's a pretty solid stream. So you can just imagine, as I mentioned, the number of devices in your home, whether it's your it, – it, and don't forget, it's not just tablets. 
laptops, computers, and, and these devices in our hands. But you've got, got to remember, it's also our security cameras, our doorbell, our lights, all this security stuff in our home, our thermostat, our, our smoke detector. They're all connected to Wi-Fi now. So it needs to be able to cope. A system like this, a router, needs to be able to cope with that sheer number of connected devices. Telsite did, uh, did some research, and they revealed that the average Australian home has 17, that's one seven, 17 connected devices operating at any one time. So you do a count at your place, and it's probably more than 17. I definitely know that's way more than that here. I've got countless devices that are connected to the network, and that's not even including our computers and our laptops and our phones and our tablets and our gaming console and our TVs, they're just our Internet of Things products that we've got. Our security cameras, smart speakers, appliances, you name it, they want to connect to Wi-Fi. But this is the answer. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest standard and is four times better, so far, four times better performance than the previous standard, which was Wi-Fi 5, otherwise known as 802.11ac. Now, Wi-Fi 6 what does it bring with it? It's got uh, some new and innovative technology, and a lot of it, uh, it there, are, there are a lot of acronyms here, but the one that I'm going to talk about is OFDMA, which is Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiple Access. Now, in English, that means it can maximize the ability to connect numerous devices at the same time. So whether you're playing an online game or streaming 4K Netflix or surfing the, the internet on your laptop, they're all going to be handled. They're all going to connect and simultaneously. Now, you think about it if someone's streaming Netflix in the lounge room, someone might be streaming Netflix in, in the bedroom and other places in your home, then it can cope with that kind of bandwidth. It can offer that kind of bandwidth in your house. Now, the, the, three, the three Nighthawk products... You're starting off with the, the Netgear AX40, the R, it's RAX40, and that is $399.99. So that's, that starts off, that's good combined speeds of up to 3 gigabits per second, which is pretty good on your Wi-Fi network. Uh, it's got an optimized dual-core processor, so it can, can power through smart home automation, give you buffer-free 4K. So the four-stream Wi-Fi offers six, 600 megabits per second plus 2,400 megabits per second combined Wi-Fi speeds, three gigabits per second. If you want to move up to the AX8, which is the AX6000 Wi-Fi 6 router, otherwise known as the RAX80, that's 599.99. Now, this can handle eight streams, remember, so combined Wi-Fi speeds of up to six gigabits per second. So you've suddenly, from the AX4, now doubled your combined Wi-Fi speeds to six gigabits per second now, uh, also has an award-winning design. The, the, the router actually looks like it's got wings, the sides of the device, uh, they rather than looking like antenna, they look like wings. It's, it looks like something Batman would use. And uh, that design actually was recognized by Red Dot and IF in their design awards as well. Now, there's eight Wi-Fi spatial streams here, four on the 2.4 gigahertz band, four on the 5 gigahertz band, and offers four times the capacity of your typical 2x2 AC Wi-Fi, the previous model. Uh, it also has multi-gig internet, so you can get more than one gigabit per second of internet through aggregation. 
The Nighthawk AX12. Now, this is the top-of-the-line model here. This is the AX6000 RAX120. Now, this is $799.99. This is the top-of-the-line expensive. It is the, the, the top top-shelf product here. And that also can handle 12 streams. This is a 12-stream router. So if you've got a lot of people streaming 4K at the same time, someone's gaming in one room, doing other content in another room, then this might would suit your needs as well. Again, same combined Wi-Fi speeds of up to six gigabit, gigabits per second, but combined twelve stream. The preview, the, the model below this, which is the RX eighty, that's only got eight streams. And this can, this is capable. This this device, the RX one twenty, is capable of not just streaming four K video. But it's even got the capacity to stream 8K video as well. Now, there's no 8K video to stream just yet, but in who's to say in a few years' time there won't be? Maybe in a couple of years' time. There's already 8K TVs on the market, and I think the best way you're going to get 8K content won't be on a disc. The disc could, You'd have to have five discs, I think, to fit, fit that kind of content on there, the, the sheer size of that, those files. So I think streaming is going to be the way we get our 8K content when we do in the coming years. This is also the only router with eight streams on the five gigahertz band, so customers can get that improved range and reliability with all their devices. And the built-in five gigabits multi-gig Ethernet also gets you uh, connectivity as well, so you can connect stuff with cables on the back of the product as well. AX6000 is that latest router. That's $799.99. It ain't cheap, but for what you're getting, you're getting a pretty solid wireless network. I don't think there'll be any complaints in the household with that one. Uh, but they do range in price. I'll go back through them. $399.99 for the AX4, $599.99 for the AX8, $799.99 for the AX12. Now, these, this is one of the first brands to bring out a Wi-Fi 6 router. Uh, we have seen, I think, TP-Link also has, has an AX, a Wi-Fi 6 router as well. We're going to see more and more coming. Uh, the only mobile device that I know is definitely a, a Wi-Fi 6 compatible is the Samsung Galaxy S10. Uh, that, has, that, that can connect to this Wi-Fi 6 network. It is also backwards compatible, I should add, too. So if you don't have a Wi-Fi 6 device, all your other devices are still going to connect, even though they're not Wi-Fi 6 optimized. They're still going to connect and connect very fast as well. So no need to worry about uh, backwards compatibility there. All of your other devices are going to work fine with these with these routers. If you want to check that story out, you want to read that completely, you can see the images too. See those really amazing designs. They look like they've got wings. Check them out. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Interesting uh, release from Apple a few days ago, and it wasn't about any product that they were announcing. This announcement uh, came about a, a safety recall of their older MacBook Pro laptops. Now, any of you who have a MacBook Pro laptop, a 15-inch MacBook Pro laptop, sold between September 2015 and as recently as February 2017, you should check your battery, check your serial number of your computer, 
you need to enter that serial number at the Apple support page. Now, on Tech Guide, I've got this story. I've got a link to the support page and how you find your serial number. You Mac users, top left corner where the Apple icon is located, click on that click about this Mac and it will give you all the info about your Mac. The very last line in that window will be your serial number. So cut and paste that number into the Apple support page and it will tell you whether your computer is eligible for a battery replacement, whether it needs the battery replacement. Uh, if I put it, I've got a MacBook Pro that I think fell into that into that period, and it said your your laptop is not eligible for the program. In other words, it's safe; it doesn't need to be replaced. Uh, it, it's okay, and you got to remember the reason for this safety recall is for that very reason: safety. What they think, they have a suspicion that the battery in those the products sold between September 2015 and February 2017, they suspect the battery may overheat, and this is their words, pose a safety risk. So rather than taking a chance, they want customers to check their devices. Uh, if you've got, it's a MacBook Pro Retina 15-inch, uh, you can you check it out into your uh, your serial number at the website, and then if it do, if it is eligible, it will give you information. The page will uh, will give you information where you can take the device either to an Apple authorized service provider, or you can make an appointment through uh, at an Apple retail store. Uh, and when you if if that's the case, you take it along. The MacBook Pro will be checked again prior to any service to verify again that it is eligible for the program. It's free, by the way, free battery replacement. Uh, That's part of this battery recall program. And they do say, though, that if it is eligible, the service may take up to two weeks. So if if you're using your laptop quite a bit, your MacBook Pro, and two weeks out of out of action is quite a long time so if it if it does qualify for the battery recall program you may ask apple if they would supply a replacement device i highly doubt it so maybe organize a replacement for yourself while yours is being serviced again takes up to two weeks i think that that's a case of uh under promising and over delivering they may say take up to two weeks and when a customer gets it back after three days they're going to think it's a miracle that's how i think that works there i doubt whether it's actually going to take two full weeks in fact i reckon they'd probably be able to do this on the day if you made an appointment they say come back in a couple of hours it'll be ready it's just got to replace a battery. It doesn't take two weeks to do that. Hopefully, that's the case. Well, hopefully, your MacBook Pro hasn't been affected. But if it has been affected, take some action. Uh, the reason they've sent this out, as I said, it's a, it's a safety risk. It's a safety recall. Uh, so check it out. Get you your uh, serial number. Type it into the Apple support page. There is a link on the story on Tech Guide as well, so uh, easy for you to check. And if it does qualify, make a move and get it fixed straight away. Unusual to hear news like this from Apple about any kind of safety recall. Uh, over the years, we've had some very interesting safety recalls of various products, whether they be phones, uh, etc. The one that comes to mind would be the Galaxy S7 a recall back in, uh, I think it was, when was that, 2016? So, yeah, it was a little while ago, but uh, that, that really was a, a major, major safety recall as well. The batteries uh, not agreeing with the new device. But Samsung's over that, and look, this isn't going to affect Apple one bit. I, I doubt there'd be many devices that are affected, uh, so I can't see this uh, affecting their bottom line whatsoever or the sales of, of new MacBook Pros, which there have been, uh, a, a, I think, an upgrade in the last few months. So, uh, 
uh, check it out. The link, as I said, to the Apple support page is right there. Uh, and you know, don't 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 waste time. Your if your laptop is it does qualify for this recall, it, it, it does pose a safety risk. So uh, get the skates on. Check that uh, that serial number. If you want to see the link, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, an uh, interesting story for New South Wales drivers. So uh, this is a story that was revealed during the New South Wales uh, government's state budget. Uh, the news is that they're uh, g- going to introduce digital driver's licences to, to drivers here in New South Wales. Uh, I think I understand South Australia already has digital driver's licences and there are other trials that are being conducted in other states, including Victoria. Uh, I think they've been testing this since 2017 and also pilot program running in Queensland. So it could be something that the whole country can enjoy, a digital driver's licence. So the idea of this is, of course, to uh, have your driver's licence as a uh, part of your smartphone so rather than you having to carry a physical card in your wallet it can and this is an opt-in process by the way not everyone has to do this if you want to stick to a traditional license that sits in your wallet that is your prerogative you don't you're not forced to have a digital driver's license but for the drivers who would prefer a driver's a digital driver's license that's one less card you're going to have in your wallet uh, and now transferred to your smartphone but i suspect those those people may have a whole range of digital credit cards. They may have Apple Pay. They might have Samsung Pay. Uh, they may have all their uh, their travel, their frequent flyer cards in their wallet as well. Well, this will be one other thing you can have on your phone. Won't be in the wallet section of the, of an iPhone. It won't be uh, in in uh, in that similar section on an Android device. It'll be part of the Service New South Wales app on your smartphone. It'll be secured with a PIN number and it will be accessible whether you have a connection to the cellular network or the internet or not. So if you get pulled up by the side of the road and there is no signal in the middle of nowhere, you can still produce your license. And don't worry, I've heard people saying, well, as soon as I touch my phone, if a policeman asks for my license and I touch my phone, they're going to find me. Well, no, they're not. You're going to be stopped by the side of the road, turn your engine off and show your license. It's uh, They're not going to fine you for doing something that they asked for. So get that worry out of your mind. That's not going to happen. The license itself, as I said, secured with a PIN code. There's also a QR code that changes so you're not stuck with the same QR code. Reason for that is an additional security measure. So this would prevent a, a driver uh, or person just screenshotting their license and potentially passing it off. Uh, someone else may be trying to pass it off as their own license just to prove that it's not just a screenshot, I'm trying to say. And what happens is every time the QR code changes, so it's not the same every single time, it alters slightly. Now, there's also, too, if you look on your license, your physical license, grab that license and sort of rotate it in your hand in the light, you'll see this little hologram reflecting on that card as well. That, too, is on this license, the digital license. So as you move your phone, you see the light reflecting off this virtual hologram on the screen as well. Yet another way to prevent a, a someone counterfeiting 
a driver's license. Now, of uh, another question I was asked, well, I use my license as proof of identification when I go to pubs and clubs. Well, the good news is that it will still be accepted in New South Wales as a proof of identification and age. Not sure about other states because they don't have digital driver's licenses, all the ones that don't have driver's license at that point. Uh, but I think that the pubs and clubs will recognise this as a new form of ID nationwide as, as more people take it up. And it is something you can opt into, by the way. To do that, you need to create an account with Service New South Wales uh, and opt into it. It's been, it's been tested for quite a while. There were more than 14,000 drivers in Dubbo, Albury and the eastern suburbs of Sydney Sydney as well have uh, successfully trialled the system. I mentioned in other states there have been other pilot programs and tests as well. So it looks like the nation is kind of moving towards a more digital wallet as well. Just one less card you're going to have in your wallet if you haven't already got rid of the other cards anyway on your smartphone. Because let's face it, we're not going to forget our smartphone before we forget our wallet. I think our, the smartphone is the first thing we grab. Wallet may be the second or maybe something we don't bother grabbing. We're, we're happy to be without our wallet, not happy to be without our, our, without our smartphone. And the new digital driver's license is where you will find it. Now, I, I wrote a story a couple of years ago posing this question, and it was all about why can't you just have a photo of your driver's license? Would that be accepted? That was the blog I wrote. Would it be acceptable to have just a photo of your driver's license on your phone? So if you never had your wallet but had a photo of your license, is that acceptable? I put this question to some police friends of mine, some uh, listeners of the show, and also friends of mine that I played football with, and the I got a, a mixed response. Some Some said, you know what, it depends on the officer. One officer said, a friend of mine said, I'd accept it as long as I can see clearly the information on the car, the photo, uh, the address. I would accept it. Uh, Others said, no, you need to produce the – that's the law. You need to produce your physical license, and I would not do that. Uh, So that that, that was a a popular blog when I wrote it. There were a lot of people divided over whether that was acceptable or not. Uh, But in this case now, with the move to digital driver's license, it seems that that is going to have to be good enough because it will be the official New South Wales driver's license within a few months. As, As soon as August, people will be able to opt in to have their license digital on their phone rather than physical in their wallet. If you want to read more about that story, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. This week, we're kicking off the reviews with the Power Beats Pro. Now, these are from Beats by Dr. Dre. 
uh, pretty cool manufacturer of audio headphones, earphones. And these are the latest, these are the wire-free earphones, by the way. So they do have that sort of very familiar style, the very familiar ear hook, and of course that very familiar B, the little B logo on the side, they're unmistakable it's like the Nike swoosh on a pair of running shoes. This B on the side of these earphones, they are unmistakable as Beats products. Now, in this case, the Power Beats Pro, as I said, wire-free. So it is kind of following that trend where we are cutting the cord. We are having wire-free left and right ear- earbuds, no, no cables to each other, no cables to your device, and uh, this is the latest offering. Now these they have that traditional ear hook that, as I mentioned, slightly redesigned ear hook, but it's also adjustable, so you get a really nice fit. Uh, the actual bud itself, that the part that goes in your ear, has also been reconstructed and angled. Uh, the, the little acoustic housing sits in what they call the contra bowl of your ear, rather than jammed in your ear canal. What I like about this design with the over ear hook is that they take the weight of the earphones. So other other earphones with no hook and no little fin to keep them in place, the way they're secured is by you jamming them in your ear canal even further, which a lot of people find uncomfortable. And, and it sort of creates that blocked ear effect, you know, where you, you can hear your footsteps through your head and it's just, it's too much. Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of that kind of earbud, and this is a much more preferable way to wear your earphones. And with that hook, uh, it, it does it is a lot more comfortable, and there is no uh, sealing of your ear canal, so you can still not only hear the music well, you can also hear the outside world as well. But that reconstructed earbud, that redesigned earbud is actually 23% smaller and 17% lighter than the previous model. So right out of the gate, you're getting a newly redesigned, lighter, smaller earphone to, to wear around. And, and as a result, they're light, they're comfortable, and you can wear them for hours and hours at a time. In fact, they're so light, you'll forget you're wearing them anyway. Um, they're really easy to put on as well. A lot of people might think, oh, how, do, how the hell do I fit that on? But when you pull them out of the case, you actually insert the part in your ear and then twist it so that the earbuds, the bud goes into place in that little contra bowl, but also then that brings the ear hook over your ear as well. Once you do it once or twice, it's really simple to do. I, I put these on in, in a second, and uh, they also turn on when you take them out of the charging case. We'll talk more about the case in a moment. And then when you put them back in the case, they're turned off because there's actually no physical on button for these. So when you pull them out of the case, on, back in the case, off. But what they do have, they do have physical controls, the same on either ear, on either earpiece, by the way. There's a volume control and a track track control as well. So there's a button as well as a, 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 a lever for your volume. So you can adjust your volume with the little rocker uh, switch on top. And there's also the button on the side. Same on each of the earbuds. So if you're left or right-handed, if you're wearing one, the left one, wearing the right one, the, the controls are all the same, so it gives you that consistent control and experience through both ears. Now, pairing them, what comes into play here is Apple's H1 chip. That's right, Beats is owned by Apple, remember? So the same H1 chip that's used in the AirPods. So, you know, when you open the AirPod case... And if you've got an iPhone, they show up on the screen to tell you how much power there is, how much power is in the case, how much power is in each of the buds. Same deal with the Powerbeats Pro. 
Now, this is really handy, especially when you first get them out of the box and you pair them for the first time. The minute, the, the second you open up the charging case, it'll detect that, hang on, there's a pair of H1-powered uh, earbuds here, and it'll just say connect, and boom, they're connected via Bluetooth, also registered on iCloud. So all your other iCloud sync devices, whether it's uh, another iPhone, uh, an iPad, an Apple Watch, a computer, all can be paired to this as well. Just got to connect to it uh, and it'll recognize it. But don't you fear, you Android users, it still works with Android. So you can still pair it just fine via Bluetooth to your phone, your tablet, your computer. Uh, it just takes a few seconds longer. But the end result is all the same. Uh, so the the advantage to having it connected to an iPhone means you can have your you can use your hey you know what and uh, you can summon the voice activated assistant on your iPhone. I don't want to say it because my phone will it'll react to it. Uh, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna put my phone de- face down and say you can say hey Siri, and you can then rather than having to get the device and press a button to summon Siri, you can just talk uh, in, into the earphones and uh, you will summon the voice activated assistant. So uh, really, uh, on the comfort side, great. The connection side, fantastic. What about the audio side? Well, I think these are absolutely brilliant. Some of the best, these are the best sounding earphones, among the best sounding earphones that I've heard in quite a long time. Despite being so small, they offer such a textured and bold sound. Amazing it comes out of something so small. And if anyone knows the Beats brand as well, another feature that Beats is famous for is their great bass. And that's exactly what you get out of these little earphones. It sounds like you're listening to much larger headphones. The bass response is fantastic. Really finely balanced, very clear. No matter what sort of music you're listening to, this thing can change gears and handle them all on the fly. Now, no companion app with this. You know how a lot of other earphones, you've got a companion app, you want to check your equalizer, maybe switch to a different mode. These don't need it. These can just do it. They, they, the sound is fantastic on these. So, uh, as I said, one of the best sounding earphones I've heard in quite a long time also quite loud too if you want to really jack up the volume even if you're in busy roads or out in the open you're on a train platform you're still going to hear your music now remember earlier when i said that they're not jammed into your ear canal so you can actually still hear a little bit of the outside world that's to your advantage because if you're using these while exercising or cycling you can still hear the outside world if there's traffic around you you want to be able to hear that uh, so it can do that as well. Uh, as I said, one of the best sounding wire-free earphones we've heard. And not only uh, is the music quality superior, call quality is quite good as well. And it brings across a feature that was, I think, pioneered on the on the AirPods. And it's a first for a Beats device. And it's the speech-detecting accelerometer which is located in each earbud. So there are two beam-forming microphones on each side that can actually pick out a voice and focus on it, but still block out external noises like wind and, and ambient noise. That's brilliant. Battery life, pretty impressive. Nine hours on a single charge. That's all day you can hear this, or a full shift. If you're sitting in front of a computer for eight hours, you can hear your whole shift. If you're in your office, whatever you happen to be doing for eight hours, you might be a tradie or whatever you are, 
eight hours, nine hours, in fact, you can listen on a single charge. And when you do need another charge, the charging case can provide a total of 24 hours of power. So you're getting nearly three full charges out of the charging case. But let's talk about that charging case because it's massive. It's so big. It won't fit in your pocket. If it, if you, you need a large pocket to fit it in. There's a picture on Tech Guide of the Beats the PowerBeats Pro case, charging case, next to the AirPod case, it's like David and Goliath. Uh, it is massive. It is three times bigger than the AirPod case and three times fatter than the AirPod case. So uh, if you're taking this out all day, you need to have a bag or a very large pocket, a jacket pocket maybe, to fit this the big case in as well. Uh, the case is charged using a lightning cable. That's the same ca- cable that can charge your iPhone. Uh, and if you don't, if if you if you need a, a, a quick charge, there's a feature called Fast Fuel, so you can uh, charge them up for five minutes and get one and a half hours of playback. That's really handy if you you grab them, they've no charge. You just plug them in for five minutes. You're about to go out for a run or go to the gym. Five minutes of charge, you got one and a half hours of playback. That's your workout covered. If you want to plug them in a little bit longer, plug them in for 15 minutes. That'll get you four and a half hours of listening time, which is pretty cool. So all, all up, I'd say great sounding earphones, very comfortable. Uh, sound core quality is great as well. Battery life is excellent. The, there's no companion app, which is, I don't think that's a deal breaker, but the charging case is massive. Have a look at my photos on TechGuide. It is big. So if you're thinking of carrying these around your pocket, hopefully you've got a very large pocket. The Beats by Dr. Dre, uh, they're available now in four colors, black, ivory, moss, and navy. And they're not cheap either. They're $349.95, but I have to say, I'll say it again, these are one of the best-sounding earphones I've heard in quite a while. Not only do they give you that great clarity and, and, and audio quality, but the bass is killer as well. They really deliver. Uh, the Powerbeats Pro, if you want to read that, $349.95. Maybe, maybe you want to treat yourself to a really nice pair of earphones. If you want to do that, you can uh, check out our review first, though, uh, and uh, see, see all those images. See how big that case is. You're going to laugh. Check it out, our full review, techguide.com.au. Alrighty, next up, we're talking robot vacuum cleaners and not just any old one. This is a new Ecovacs robotics uh, device called the D-Bot 710. I was one of the first people to get my hands on this. Uh, I reviewed it. I put it through its paces. It's it's an affordable robot vacuum cleaner. I know a lot of people that have considered a robot vacuum cleaner. They look at the price well over a thousand bucks. They go, yeah, maybe not. Well, the D-Bot 710 is just $499, which is really impressive uh, and also gives you amazing bang for your buck because this has a lot of the features you'll find on the previous more expensive models. Uh, does a great job. Only does vacuuming. It's not a mop as well. They've got other more expensive models that also can mop hard floors as well. This doesn't do that. This is just a vacuum and it can handle carpet, can handle hard floors, uh, but does have a lot of the same technology, including sensors that are on board to help navigate around your furniture and around your home. It's also got a sight camera on top. So uh, the camera actually points to the ceiling 
and uh, a vision camera, they call it, and it's located on top of the unit, and it can map your floor by looking at your ceiling because guess what? The, the ceiling follows the same shape as the floor, so it can check it out. So that checks out the shape of the room. The sensors on the device can check out for any obstacles like furniture, tables, you know what? So uh, it, it can navigate your home uh, really easily. Set up, very simple. You download the app. You connect up the uh, the D-Bot and connect that to your network, and then it talks you through it, actually. So when you're connected, it'll say, the D-Bot is connected. And if you start the cleaning process through the app, which you can trigger, by the way, whether you're in your home network or on the other side of the world or on the other side of town, if you want it to start cleaning, it'll respond, oh, I am starting to clean, and then it'll go off and clean. It'll go, it'll create, uh, you can either do... Uh, an auto mode, which it'll, it'll just go up and back and around and clean. You can do an edge clean, so it just cleans the edges of, of each room. Or you can do a spot clean. So you might say, oh, look, uh, I need you to go into the kitchen. You sort of point to the little map of your, that it creates of your home, and off it goes into the kitchen, in the lounge room, wherever it's needed. The robot itself is just 32 centimetres wide, so it's not big. It's got sensors and bumpers as well on all sides, so it's not going to scratch or mark your furniture while it's going about its cleaning. Uh, and as I said, really easy to set up. I like the, the part that says locate the D-Bot. So in the, in the app you press locate the D-Bot, and then in the other room you hear you hear the, a female voice saying, I am here. It tells you where it is. So you can hear it just by sound. You can actually hear it off in the distance where it is if you need to locate it. Uh, you also, uh, you've got to position the charging dock in a space with uh, plenty of clearance. So this is where, this is kind of the runway. This is like the runway of the D-Bot. It needs to be able to have a little bit of space around it. Not too much. I think you need about half a metre either side, left and right, maybe one, one metre, one and a half metres in front of it, just so it's got enough room to navigate when it's got to return by, to the to charge, to recharge, and when it starts as well. That's right. It's smart enough when it needs a recharge to go back to the dock and charge up again, and then come back out. Now, when it's done a full lap of your house, it probably took our place probably just about 45, 50, let's call it nearly an hour, and it did our whole bottom floor of our house. We live in a two-story house. It couldn't go up the stairs, and it can't go downstairs either because it's got sensors, so it won't fall down staircases. It can detect that, but it just cleaned downstairs, which is there's a little bit of carpet but a lot of hard floor. We've got tiles uh, in our place. But where the carpet is, it's chocolate-covered carpet, and those of you who know me uh, know that I've, I've got two Dalmatians, and they they are inside during the day. They sleep out at night, but during the day, they, they, can be, they might be sitting in front of the window in the Sun or wherever they happen to be, and they do tend to leave a lot of little little black and white hairs. And on chocolate-covered carpet, the little white hairs show up quite prominently. But D-Bot uh, did a really good job of, of cleaning most of them up. Look, this isn't a Dyson. This is going to put Dyson out of business. But I was surprised with the quality of the clean that it offered. And this is a $499 vacuum cleaner, don't forget. So I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how well it cleaned. Hard floors, nailed it. Really easy to sweep up a hard floor without tiles. Really did a good job. So great to see that you can set this on its way and you can get on with other things. Or you can even program it remotely, which is really cool as well. The app uh, is really easy to operate. At first, didn't know, wasn't very intuitive. I didn't realize that once it found 
there's an image of the D-Bot and I was looking up in the top left corner to, to find the start button and couldn't find it. All I had to do was press the picture of the D-Bot and that took me to the next screen. It wasn't immediately obvious to me that that's what had to be done. But from here, that's where you can start the cycle, your edge cycle, spot cycle, or the auto cycle as well. You can also send it back to the charger using the app also. Now, when it's done a lap of your home, you can go in and see where it's covered. And basically what you see is a floor plan of your house. So you can tell where it's been, what rooms it's been in, and it remembers this as it's going. So it's not going to go and and vacuum the same place three times. It's going to go about its way, not cover the same bit of ground twice. It's very efficient, very smart. The D-Bot 710, uh, also very easy to empty as well. There's the filter and the bin you pull that out of the back of the D-Bot, and it, it actually filled up quite quickly. That's how good the suction was. The suction on this is twice as good as the previous D-Bot 700 series. So full full uh, marks there as well. And it can handle, as I said, the carpet, hard floors, did a great job. The D-Bot 710, if you're thinking about getting a robot vacuum cleaner but don't want to break the bank, this is not a bad place to start. The D-Bot 710, you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, I thought I would chat about the pros and cons of driving an electric car. Now, this isn't a review of some journo who's driven an electric car for a week. I've driven, I've had my electric car, my Tesla Model S 75D, for now over a year. It's just over a year. It's actually, it's probably 12 and a half, nearly 13 months I've had my electric car. So I think rather than you hearing from someone who's only driven it for a little bit, I've had this thing for over a year and can go through the pros and cons of owning an electric car. Uh, now, the one of the one of the pros, no doubt, one of the main pros is very low. In my case, zero running costs. I have not spent a cent in the past twelve months running my Model S seventy five D. That's because I can charge at home through my solar panels at a supercharger. I've used a referral code, so I've got supercharging uh, free for the life of the car, or at one of the many communal destination charges in shopping centres. I park it in the P1 car park. There are two Tesla spots when I go watch our, the mighty Rabbitohs play up here in New South Wales. Uh, so charging this is not a problem. So bottom line, we've saved more than $3,000 in fuel costs. We drove... Uh, I drove a Mercedes-Benz E200 before this car, before the Tesla, and I was spending $350,400 a month on fuel. Uh, so add that up over 12 months, that's what I've saved, uh, $3,000 a year uh, and then some, more than that. The other, the other pro, this is a major pro, no servicing. So what I did after the 12 months, so well, when the year had, had clicked over, out of habit, I booked it in for a service just to coincide with that year. Now, by this time, I'd done just under 10,000 kilometers and thought, okay, let's get, a, let's get a service. So I rang Tesla and I said, I made an appointment actually through the app, but then I checked uh, for another thing that I'll talk about later. And I said, look, I've booked it in for the service as well. So do you reckon they said, oh, well, all the service is going to be is us checking your tires, which you can do yourself. Uh, and the other thing is your brakes. How many kilometers have you done? I said, oh, just under 10,000. They said, you don't need to check your brakes on a Tesla until you've hit 100,000 kilometers. 
You know why? The reason for this is the regenerative braking. Anyone who's driven a Tesla, the minute, the second you take your foot off the accelerator, the car slows down dramatically. What this is, what's happening here is the motors are going, so they're switched into reverse, and the power that that generates goes back into the battery. That's what regenerative braking is. And that slows the car down enough for a lot of my driving, which means I don't have to hit the brake pedal sometimes. So there's a lot less wear on the brake pads. And there's no filters to check, no oil, nothing nothing else that needs to be looked at. So the woman on the phone, she said, look, I'm going to cancel your service. You don't need it. I said, okay. When you hit 100,000 Ks, we'll have a look at your brakes, and you can easily look at your own tyres. So it's not like I've got to change any water, pour water in there, or check the oil or anything like that, because there ain't none. The only liquid in my car is the wiper fluid. That's it. So hence the reason why no servicing. Now, performance, that's that's a massive plus for me. This, this car, uh, and anyone who's driven an electric car, you get that instant torque. So off the mark, it's pretty fast car. It accelerates amazingly. Great to know you've got that in your back pocket if you need to negotiate traffic, and it also always impresses my passengers as well. No emissions. It's an electric car, so zero emissions, uh, environmentally friendly. I have had a few NARC responses saying, well, every time you, you the electricity you need to charge your car – uh, you need to burn coal to produce that electricity. Well, in my case, no, because as I said earlier, I charge through my solar panels and I've got a storage battery as well. So I ain't burning coal. The sun is charging my car. Now, here's this next one. It's it's a pro and a con as well. I'll talk about on the pro side that it's quiet. It's, uh, as I said, a blessing and a curse. More on the curse part later. No one can hear the car. So not only is it producing zero emissions, it's also reducing noise pollution. And the advantage of not having a motor droning in the car is that you can hear your music and everything in the car a lot better. The cabin is a lot quieter. Uh, that's one thing that, that took some getting used to is having this really quiet cabin uh, and no loud engine noises. The other pros, software updates. Uh, this is uh, a car that gets better with age. The, the, there are more features on this car today than when I picked it up a year ago. So it's had not only a major update in terms of the user interface, the total system update, but also uh, has, uh, has inherited new features like dash cam mode, sentry mode, uh, pin to drive, dog mode, so many others. Games are on there now. Not many other car companies can tell you that your car will improve over time. That's pretty cool. Uh, Enhanced autopilot is fantastic. This is a feature that I upgraded to not long after I took ownership of the car. So this means that on freeways and clearly marked roads, the car drives itself. Uh, I know this is a feature on some other cars, but the Tesla just does it in a really cool way. And uh, I, you've got to keep your hand on the wheel, And but it, it steers, it brakes, it accelerates, it does everything you need, changes lanes when I put my indicator on, does it all. Uh, and on long drives, it's amazing. I did a few long drives up the coast, down the coast, and the car is just on its own, doing its thing, keeps me right on the speed limit as well, so I'm not going to go over the speed limit. And it just really takes the stress out of a longer drive. Uh, our enhanced autopilot also includes auto park and it was very impressive my mercedes-benz had that my e200 had the auto reverse park but it would only offer that that uh that feature if the space was massive so it would if it had plenty of room to move and say yeah i'll park it for you 
Not so the Tesla. The Tesla is not scared to get into tight spots, which really amazes me, and it nails it every time. Really cool, the uh, the auto auto park as part of enhanced autopilot. Uh, the other pro, people love it. Uh, there are so many people ask me questions about the car. I'm walking back to the to the car in a car park, and they go, oh, yeah, that's a Tesla, is it? And they, they want to hear all about it. They're just fascinated by this car. And the same questions I get asked all the time. How far can you drive it? How long does it take to charge? And are you worried about running out of battery? My qu- answer to those questions are 490-kilometer range, about 40 minutes to charge. That's if it's pretty low, the battery's low. And no, I've never worried about running out of battery, just like you wouldn't worry about running out of petrol because you see it get it low, gets low, you fill it up. Uh, it also became, it entered the conversation when uh, the Labor Party were were aiming for a 2030, all, a half of all new cars to be electric. So I really put electric cars in the spotlight for, for good reasons and uh, a few, uh, a lot of people pointed out a few flaws as well. Speaking of flaws, let's talk about the cons of, uh, of owning electric cars. It ain't all pros. There are some cons. So this is a pretty fair, uh, fair look at the whole experience. One of the cons is the charging time, and uh, when you when you're driving a fuel car, you can fill up in five minutes and off you go. If I'm very low on my battery, it's going to take me to get completely back up to my daily driving limit of ninety percent of battery. Uh, it's going to probably take about forty minutes. Uh, that that's and that's actually improved because what what Tesla has done through a software update is made it so that when you type in a supercharger destination in your navigation it warms up the battery on the way so when you get there the battery is good to go and it charges faster i've noticed probably 10 15 minute improvement in my charging times in the last year but look i would love the charging to be instant but this is reality uh, unfortunately an electric car can't do that you can you don't have to charge it up completely you might just charge for 10 minutes and that'll give you enough juice to get home or whatever you need on long trips the car is also smart enough to direct you to the superchargers and at each of the superchargers you don't fill up completely the battery you just have enough it'll give you more than enough to get to the next supercharger so you can keep moving rather than wasting time at one supercharger that that's how smart the car is but if you're impatient uh, the charging time on electric car can bother you i didn't mind i would i'd actually write I'd, I'd write my stories or answer emails or just read a book or if it's in a co- it's shopping center i'd go buy a coffee or do my shopping or whatever watch a movie even or at the footy i, I charge my car while i'm watching the rabbitohs play at anz stadium it's charging while i'm there now remember earlier when i mentioned that it being quiet was a pro but it was also a con for me because uh there was an incident and i was driving along and a person parked by the side of the road opened his door just as I was driving by. So he collected my side mirror, damaged the passenger and rear passenger doors, and the car needed repairs. So his excuse was, oh, sorry, mate, I never heard you. So I pointed out that maybe if he used his eyes as well as his ears, we could have avoided the whole thing, which leads me to the next con, and that is lengthy repairs. I found out the hard way as a result of our little accident that repairing a Tesla is nothing like repairing a regular car. It takes longer. The reason why is because you, A, have to find an authorised repairer. B, that repairer also has to fix – they don't fix the panel. They replace the panels. So they had to wait for the parts to come in, and then they had to paint them. So it took a long time to get the process started and completed. Uh, 
Uh, for our, in our case, the, this was relatively minor damage. It still took four weeks while we waited for the repairs, and that so that's actually pretty fast for a Tesla repair, I discovered too. I heard horror stories where cars were out of action for three months waiting to be repaired. So uh, that's another thing, another con uh, there for you. The other con too is that it's not for everyone. If you're driving long distances, if you you don't have a charger at your disposal, if it's not uh, it's not for everyone. I think really you need to do your homework before you decide on an electric car. So like you can pull into a petrol station, keep that in in mind. The last two, well, this is a pretty minor one. The reverse light is um, there's only one reverse light. The guy pointed that out to me the day I picked up the car. He said, "Look, this isn't a defect. There is only one reverse light, so it does make reversing in the dark a little tricky." So we did have to, uh, uh, we, you know, our reverse camera, which is massive, has night vision, so that makes it easier. But would have not would have been nice to have a little bit of extra light. And the last con is the, and this is a, a problem that I've heard occurs on uh, many other drivers have experienced this, is the yellow ring on the display. You know how there's the big 17-inch central screen? Uh, I've seen a yellow ring develop on the inside or on the inside edge of the screen. You have to take a look at the photo on Tech Guide, you'll see what I mean. Uh, you can still use the display. You just got to put up with this yellow mark running around the outside. I've had people say, what is that? And I've had to explain to them that I'm waiting for Tesla to actually call me to when the part comes in to repair it. They explained to me that they could replace the display straight away, but the problem could occur again. I've been waiting for, I reckon, four months now. Uh, they say that a new display is on its way that will no longer be affected by that issue. Uh, as I said, I'm still waiting for that to happen. It's been probably four months. So there is my pros and cons of driving an electric car, not for a week, but for a whole year and then some. So if this is something you're interested in, I do have a referral code. If you're thinking of buying it, if you are buying your own Tesla, you get 1,500 free supercharger kilometres. Our referral code is on our story. You can read that whole story at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you upgrade your smartphone and your TV and your laptop, but when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? It's probably been a while. Well, the future is here, and we talked about it earlier. It's time to welcome Wi-Fi 6. If you watch your shows on services like Netflix, you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers gives you ultra-fast speed and wider coverage throughout your home. You get four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi, which means you can connect more devices and stream simultaneously without impacting Wi-Fi speed and reliability. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more, so what you need is high-performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with you and your entire family. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with the Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. A couple of quick ones on the Tech Guide Help Desk. Uh, one was, we had a question from a reader saying, look, they've seen the 55-inch TVs at Aldi. I think they're uh, the brand's called Bourne. B-A-U-H-N. 
Uh, and they said, are they any good? $600. I think it's a 55-inch TV for 600 bucks, 4K. I said, look, for the, for the, I've seen them. For, for, the, for the money, very good value. Just don't expect them to be as good as a Samsung or an LG or a Sony because that would be like buying a Hyundai and expecting it to perform like a Rolls-Royce. That's, I think you need to be realistic. A $600 TV for the price, as I said, looks great. But it look, doesn't look anywhere near as good as a Samsung and LG, all those great TVs uh, that you spend a lot more money on. So downside is not quite as good as a Samsung. Upside is way, way cheaper. The other question I had was being able to link a Bluetooth speaker or a pair of headphones to a TV. I got an email from a reader saying, I can't really hear the TV very well from across the room. Would it be possible to link a speaker to the television, a Bluetooth speaker or a pair of headphones? And I said, absolutely, yes. If the TV has Bluetooth, a lot of the late model TVs have that, then it definitely would be possible for you to link the speaker and you can maybe sit it next to your chair or you can link it to your headphones just so you can hear it. Uh, not a bad way to go. Uh, so yeah, those those questions answered. If you've got questions, make sure you send them in to the Tech Guide Help Desk so we can answer them. And that's the end of our show. That's what we've got for this week. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at our website, techguide.com.au. And get in touch. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or record us a voice bite. Hit that blue icon, the record button in the middle of Tech Guide, and you'll record your voice, and I will play it on the Tech Guide podcast and answer your question live on the show. We want to give a special sp- thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.